and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Lisa Vincent, I am delighted to have you as my guest for She's the Boss Chats today. Yeah, lovely to be here, Jules. Thank you. Brilliant. Oh, my absolute pleasure. So let's start by telling everybody the amazing new platform that you've created. Yeah, very excited. So How To is a digital learning platform that really accelerates skill development because what it does is it basically allows anyone who has know-how or knowledge to put it into our platform and convert it into great, accessible, beautiful learning that they can share with others. Uh, So what it really does is it democratises learning creation in workplaces. Yeah, like Canva of learning. And just from my short, yeah, go on. Sorry, yep. yeah. <laughs> and my short um, view of it is that is that what you mean is that if you're a coach or if you're an expert, you can go in and create a course and it's all templated out there. So at the end of it, you've got this fantastic online course that you can go and share with everyone. Yeah, the learning design and learning science. Yeah, absolutely. The learning science and designs all built in. So if you have knowledge, know-how, or you're doing training face-to-face, it's a really a great platform to convert that into digital learning that you can commercialize and get your sleep dollars, which is great. We all want. <laughs> fan, fan. Yeah, that's exactly what we want. So here's the big question. Why? What's your why? Why did you set it up in the first place? I look really passionate about learning. I think it's a really important, um, I think, I mean, we all need to learn to be successful, um, both in terms of our working life, um, our livelihoods. It's based on, you know, our ability to learn. Um, Very focused on um, making sure that that learning is accessible. So even if you're living with a disability, you have equal access to that learning. Um, And these days, really, the speed in which people need to learn is accelerated at such a, a rapid pace. You know, we've seen seen such enormous change, seen such demand for upskilling, cross-skilling, reskilling. Um, and so, you know, look, I and my team are really passionate about helping enable that uh, process so that, um, you know, people can be successful in life. Um, and, you know, and our, and our vision is global. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's which, a worldwide we love, issue. I love any women who've got global... Yeah, global ambition, fabulous. But I still haven't got to the nut of why you? Why did you decide? Did something happen? Was there a light bulb moment? Why did you decide to set this up in the first place? And I understand that there's a a global need, but why you? Um, Well, I've been working in a digital learning agency, so I'd already established a digital learning agency for many Uh, years. Yeah. So Savvy is a business that's been um, very successful in Australia and continues to be that way. Um, And what we were finding was that um, the need to create learning at a a more rapid speed um, and more cost effectively and enable organisations to do it themselves. There's a huge demand for that. So really that was driving a need from our customers 
and um, and also the difficulty of creating accessible learning, uh, very time consuming, very hand coded. So we just saw a need to accelerate what we do, put it into a platform and then allow others to create it themselves. Um, that's really what drove. And then we had a customer that came on board really early who pre-bought it. So they they also drove, drove the right. vision as well. Yeah, mm, which was great. Amazing. You've got to love a customer who pre-buys something. <laughs> yes, it's brilliant. But there wasn't so. any one client, any one there – there wasn't any one client or any one – situation that happened that made you go, right, that's it, I'm going to go and set up something that makes it easy for people? Um, look, I think it was a, it was a build-up of many, many conversations with customers who were, who were challenged by the time, the cost to create digital learning um, and the need to do it much more quickly. I think it built up and then it, it kind of hit a, hit a sort of height. There was really a point where that customer that pre-bought it you know, also really drove us to to build it. I mean, we were already planning it, but then it was right. like, okay, we're definitely going to do this. Yeah. So it was it was over time. It happened yeah, over fantastic. time. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So now, Lisa, I want to know more about you. So can we go back to I don't know when you were in high school, and yep. uh, and 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 I'd love to hear how your career developed. Um, let's start with where did you grow up and. What size were, did you have brothers and sisters? What sort of size family did you have? What did your parents do? That kind of thing. Yeah. So I, um, I grew up on the North Shore of Sydney, um, have a couple of brothers, one, old, one two younger, um, and my father was a lawyer and my mum was very much a stay-at-home mum. I went to Ravenswood, school for girls, right. so very, um, yeah, uh, fairly conservative um, upbringing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, up on, on the North Shore uh, at Gordon. Uh, I loved my music at school. I was a pretty conchy kind of uh, student, you know, one of those, you know, like prefect and house captain and sort of um, conchy, oh, very good woman. Goody, goody to choose a little bit. <laughs> uh, and then I, you know, <laughs> I changed soon after I left school. Um, but I, you know, my, my desire was to... <laughs> My desire was to be a musician and I ended up being a training accountant. So uh, go figure. Um, I think I realized that I wasn't going to be a struggling artist. Um, I didn't, I didn't think I could cope without the money. So um, I ended up joining Ernst and Young as a training accountant, absolutely hated it. Um, and then I, I was sort of assessed by the HR department who looked at my profile and just went, I don't know how on earth you ended up in this job. Um, and then I moved into, I said, your job looks really interesting, your HR job. I'd like to go to HR. So that's really how it ended up. So I moved into HR at Ernst & Young and then learning and, you know, it went from there. So, yeah, so a lot of face-to-face -face training. So how, how did you yeah. – yeah. yeah. So how did you land your first job and how did you end up at Ernst & Young? Uh, so I went through the traineeship. So they target schools to bring in trainees to go into accounting firms, yep. and then they um, and then you do studies part time, uh, and you and you also work work in the firm. Um, and then in terms of moving 
back into like getting into HR, I just said, I'll do a couple of weeks for free for you, show you what I can do. And then they said, no, you, you're doing well. And, you know, let's, <laughs> let's take you on. And so that's really how I got into the, the HR and the learning sort of area at Ernst & Young after that. Um, and enjoyed that over many years. Right. Um, yeah. And then I ended up in Malaysia with my husband and I so worked really, for, you've, you've, yep. you know, keep going. Yep. <laughs> How, how yeah. did that happen? Okay, that's because I was going to say, did you stay at Ernst & Young right the way through till you started How To? But it doesn't sound no. like it. So where did you, why did you go to Malaysia and how long did you stay there? So um, my husband, he wasn't my husband at the time, but we ended up, yeah, going over to Malaysia. It was um, quite tight. Architect, he's an architect. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of work in Australia at the time. So we went to Malaysia and then I ended up working for a training consultancy in Malaysia. And that was an amazing experience. And I was actually really inspired by my boss. So that's actually where a lot of my more entrepreneurial drive came from, because I was very inspired by the way he ran that business. Oh. Um, um, yeah, and then he sort of sowed the seeds of my interest Why? in Why? Uh, <laughs> just the way his 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 ideas, his innovation, his the way he built a culture, um, very bright, very inspiring. Um, you know, quite courageous uh, with building up new parts of the business and new ideas. Um, so I was very inspired by him. But then he also sowed, well, sowed the ideas of you know e learning at the time because. I was going, I was running around the country delivering training and there was one morning where I had the typical barley belly and I, I'm one of these people who does get up and do the job regardless and I was flying to Ipo, which is kind of in northwest Malaysia, <laughs> and I decided this day to put on a pink suit, right? Not a good idea, a light pink suit. And I was I was travelling to Ippo and I arrived in the, comp- the client <laughs> and I was delivering the training and I had to keep running out to the toilet, right, which ended up being a hole in the ground with water spray. I had to, every time I had to go and leave the classroom, I had to rip off my suit, do my thing, come back. It was just a nightmare. So I actually, after that experience, I came back and I said, uh, I'm not doing any more classroom training, none. I We're going to go online. I'm doing online learning. So when I came back to Australia, that's really when I got into e-learning and I met my business partner and we really thought we could do it better than um, the other companies that were doing e-learning at the time. So that's how we started Savvy. So so that sort of led, that was my path into, uh, into the e-learning space. Yeah. So it sounds like you set up your own company. Not this isn't the first time. So talk to me a little bit about. So you and your partner were work, obviously working for another company that you thought you could do it better, which which I love. That is always the inspiration. So what did you do? How did you get this started? Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so we had we were approached by um, a couple of companies that were interested in having us do some e-learning for them. So that's really where it started, um, and then we decided to to do those projects, and then it really really built from there. At the time, we then just engaged contractors, uh, you know, to work with us to do all the development. We worked from home. I had you know my office with my young child and the dog barking in the background and all that sort of stuff. 
stuff going on and all the juggle. Um, <laughs> and and then it you know it really just grew from there. So we we got into in with um, large banks very early who were doing you know having to move all their classroom training into an e-learning format. So we were very fortunate to get some fantastic customers early on, and then we you know got into our office after there that point. Yeah. And so yeah. how, how did you land the banks as clients? Were you working with them already or, or as one of you a super salesperson? Um, had a relationship with a key key sort of stakeholder within within that bank and he really just backed us, gave us a chance and then it, it kind of grew from there and then we worked with them for, you know, still working for, the, for with that bank even today. So it was really relationships Right. Um, that had been forged over many, you know, developed over many years that um, that led us, that gave us, opened those doors for us and we grew from there, yeah. Fantastic. And so is you, is how to with that same business partner? Like if you're still running Savvy, did yeah. you both decide that you were going to go into this online platform? Fantastic. Yeah, so we've and worked together a woman? for a long time. I have no idea. Yes, yeah, we've got two female female founders. Yes, so she's she's my my founder, Jenny, and we've Yay. worked together for a very lo- very long time. So we're quite unusual, being a hundred percent female founded business. Yeah, very very unusual. Um, and some people sort it's of say, wonderful. yeah, it is good. Um, we neither of us did a degree in computing science either, which is kind of unusual. You know, neither of us are a traditional <laughs> tech founder, but I still consider myself to be technical I would never sort of call myself a non-technical founder ever I think as if you're building technology and you run a tech business you absolutely uh, are technical you must be technical <laughs> you need to understand what you're doing yeah and absolutely get under the cover mm, yeah so that's good yeah mm. totally now um, one of the things that you mentioned on the fly earlier I, I might have been before we came on was about investors now, one of the things that we know is how hard it is for women to get investment. So mm. I'm always intrigued to know how you did it. Tell us. Okay. So I suppose what we decided to do was <clears throat> to to get ourselves a bit of traction first. Um, so to build the product, um, to get some customers and to demonstrate growth and product market fit. Uh, and we did that through yep. a number of different strategies. The first one was to, to get a customer on board even before we built built the uh, the software. So that obviously gave us some, that allowed us to to fund, partly fund the, the software build. We also, you know, borrowed some of the um, profits from Savvy um, and poured them into the software business. Um, we got some very good government grants yep. um, and that's also helped fund that growth. Uh, and then we really had a lot of help. So um, Marissa Warren, uh, who is also an investor now through Aliavia Ventures, um, she was really supportive in the early days to help us work out our pitch deck, our process, because um, it really is, it's a whole skill set in itself, investment, and there's, yes. you, know, you need to get your pitch down, you need to get up and do your five five minute, your 15 minute, your 30 minute pitch and you need to have it all kind of prepared. And so I went through also some, um, you know, training sessions and, and competitions, um, Empowered, um, which is run by um, 
the uh, oh gosh, <laughs> Carrie Squan. I and, can't remember. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> you know the Empowered um, competition and Mums by Mums and Co. Um, so I went through that program with a number of other um, female founders. That was brilliant because you would get up and pitch, and then the investors would be there giving you feedback, and so you'd absolutely, you know, have to keep evolving and improving. Um, so really kind of, and then I had some great support from another one of our investors, Alan Aaron, who's also our chair. Um, and he gave us a lot of support through the investment process. So it's like, it's like a sales process, but your, your customers or your, you know, they're, they're the investors and you run it in a very similar way with your process. You've got a number of leads and you do pitches and then you nurture them and then you, yeah. Um, And I think when we got our first uh, lead investor, Molus, then they really, that was just, that really helped because there's a bit of FOMO, other investors then want to come on board and then we were very fortunate to get um, Jellix and, excuse me, Ali Avia as well to come on board. So it's been the process was brilliant. Um, and Amazing. I also, and yeah. so how – oh, go on. No, no. I also find that, um, you know, every investor meeting, even if it doesn't end with, a, with an investment, it's an opportunity to learn um, because the questions you get asked – Everybody looks at your business from a different angle and it just makes you continually think and analyse. And I, I think every single pitch, every single meeting, every single request for information, help, it's very time-consuming but it, it really supported my growth and the business's growth as well. So, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a very, yeah, amazing. very so- good process. Mm. How long did it take from the first pitch to securing the funds and how much did you secure? Uh, so about six months and process the process. Okay. Yep. And we secured 2.5 million. Oh, oh my God. That's so good to hear. <laughs> I love it because I'm actually judging a competition for lift women tonight, which is a crowdfunding platform that's right. been set up for women. Um, and one of the things that we were talking about, and I know that it's obviously a very new platform, but that women are asking for 5000 and 15000 and 50000 And I'm like, you know, I, it's great to hear stories of women who have gone after a big amount, you know, and mm. managed to secure it. So mm. congratulations. That is brilliant. Thank you. And I just, I just think how to is such, it's so timely and so perfect and brilliant at what you're doing. So I love all of that. Now, the next question I like to ask is because this is about women. We are trying to lift up the women around us. We're trying to put the spotlight on women. So along the way in your journey, and obviously you've got your business partner as well, and we haven't heard her name yet, but are there women that have helped you along the way? And if so, how have they helped you? And could you give a shout out for them so that we know the good women out there? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so my business partner is Jenny Valtrop. So, yeah, we've worked together for, okay. yeah, for a very long time. Um, and, and other women along the way, um, you know, my mum <laughs> is brilliant. So she's yes. always amazing support. <laughs> couldn't couldn't do it without my mum. I have a set of power, very high-powered girlfriends who are just always in my corner, brilliant to chat about um, oh, with, with issues. And some of them, and many of them are, you know, amazing 
amazing business business owners um, and business people. So that's my my next one. Um, Marissa Warren and Kate Vale from Aliavi Adventures have been absolutely brilliant. Uh, so supported me along the way, and now it's so exciting to have them as investors. Um, Andrea Gardner from Jellix has been absolutely brilliant. She's a, an enormous advocate for Aww. female founders, which is great. The Heads Over Heels community has been amazing. Nicola Swift, uh, the CEO, uh, so she's she's brilliant. Nice. And the opportunity I got to pitch to that community um, has been amazing. 87 amazing leads. We've already made sales. Um, the generosity wow. in that community is extraordinary. Um, and then just so many other women in my wow. network. Uh, what I find is, and I, I really, really focus on also being very helpful for other to others as well. So it's a very generous network, yep. the startup network, particularly in the tech space. Um, and I find that, you know, the things that I've learned through those conversations I've had with female and male founders um, is just really helped probably save me enormous amount of time and effort and money um, and given me, you know, tips and, and clues. And, and, and so I really work hard to ensure I'm doing the same back into that community, which is, is really important to me. Um, and I would also just say not to, not to, you know, leave out the Fantastic. men because men, women are great, but I, I also think, you know, there's so no, many amazing that. men who, who have supported us, you know, along the way. So it's brilliant. Uh, yeah, really good. Mm. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree that we need our male allies and there are wonderful guys out there. But I just feel that, particularly in the media, we don't hear a lot about the women. And that's why I like to really focus on them here, but without in any way taking away from the fact that we couldn't do it without the blokes helping us as well. No, that's right. Um, Okay. Now, my next question is around pivotal moments you know those moments well look in the early days when I did this I used to say to people tell me about your successes and failures and what you've learned and then I realized you don't actually learn a lot from success other than how to celebrate it's really those things that that at the time look like they're a disaster or that you know they're really going to challenge you and you look back afterwards and go actually you know they kind of did me a favor or, or you know it changed the way that I looked at something have you had any of those kind of challenges along the way that you could share uh yeah look I think um I think I really realized we tried to create a software business inside a service business in the early days and I really realized that that didn't work um and the way that I realized it was um when you're when you're servicing a customer and you're doing, you know, a specific bespoke solution for a customer, you take a really different approach to that customer as opposed to <clears throat> building software that's more widely used by many customers. And so I think there's been there were definitely some pivotal pivotal moments where you, we really realized that, that just didn't work. So when we started how to, it was all about separating it out and running it differently, structuring it differently, and also focusing on it. Because the problem, if you do it within your service business, it ends up just being a side gig. And when the customers are coming with their, their yep. money and want you to do something special for them, they'll, you just, that's what you do because that's the instant gratification <laughs> and the demand. So I think that's been, <laughs> that's been the real, that's been really pivotal. 
Um, I think getting into the government support has been quite extraordinary. Um, it, it, it hasn't been easy, but I think um, just realizing what is out there in terms of what the government what the government is doing for business, and I know they get a lot of flack, but um, I think realizing how to approach, particularly accelerating commercialization opportunity, um, it isn't easy. But being able to nail that has then been able to give us so many more opportunities in terms of government support. Um, a couple of other things. Right. So US clients. Can I just ask? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yep. No, no, no. No, sorry. We've got a bit of a delay just in case anyone's oh, wondering. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the questions I was I was gonna ask you was um, what government grants did you access? Was it boosting female founders? Boosting female founders, accelerating commercialization. Innovation connections, which we've used for the AI development, okay. so quite a quite a few programs. Um, and what what I found was right, brilliant. Yeah, and I did into. What I found was preparing for Good those one. preparing for those was really helpful for the invest investment um, the ra- the raise because all of the documentation and the thinking that went into the government grants was also reusable in terms of seeking investment, which was which has been fantastic. That's a really good insight. Mm. Um, great. Okay. So now I was I, I did interrupt you, so if there's another story, and I apologize, if there was another story around a pivotal moment, we can go for it. Otherwise I've got another question for you. But um so look, I, I can't I can't exactly work out the time for this that this happened, but I've certainly recognized the success of our business for us internally and for me is all about learning. So as well as us providing digital learning platform to customers, our success internally is all about our internal culture around learning. So, you know, people join us because they get an opportunity to learn. So we've got a culture where everybody in the company creates learning for each other. We have learning plans for everyone. Our ability to evolve the product is about learning from the customer. My success and and Jenny's success is around learning and continual learning. Um, So that's been really, and that's kind of come to me a little bit more recently. And I and I relax like organisations actually their success, learning, their ability to learn, their openness to learn, their their kind of the way that that they capture and share that learning is actually critical. And I think that's again come to me a little bit more recently. It's it's a very it's a, it's around what we do but it's also around how we succeed um, as a business as well uh, is key I think that's beautiful and it also shows that you're walking the walk as well as talking the talk you know you are actually learning and seeing what courses are out there and what people are doing which is so important as well mm. um, okay now you did allude to the fact that you had um, a daughter. I don't know how old she is now, but one of the questions that I like to ask because I've now interviewed, I reckon, close to 200 women and the number of women that have had burnout at some stage has really shocked me. I I didn't realise it was as prevalent as it is. So my question to you is how do you juggle work and life? What sort of hours are you working and, you know, are you giving yourself time out or are you just flat chat all the time? Look, I am flat chat at the moment. 
Um, you know, we're, we're just about to launch into the US market, you know, the huge accelerated growth for our business. So it is a wow. time of, yeah, it is a time of massive growth. Um, we've, we've tripled the team. It's, it's pretty full on. Uh, the good thing is I do love it. Uh, so it doesn't feel like work all the time. So I am very passionate about it and I'm, I'm very driven. Um, I do, I do make sure I spend time, you know, getting exercise, doing some of my music, um, having time with my friends and my family. My kids are a little bit older. So my youngest is 17. So I'm a little, I'm fortunate that she's pretty self-sufficient. So, you know, she and I went for a lovely walk this yep. morning before work and, you know, and my husband is more home-based, has been more home-based than I have, that I have from, for many years in terms of we're home, but I mean, more focused on managing the home. So I've been very fortunate that, that he's been able to take that role. Um, so, you know, and I, and I have to say I have had burnout over the years. Um, and I did, I did have cancer five years ago. So I, I, you know, I really recognize the importance oh of managing. Oh my goodness, Lisa. Yeah. So, um, I do recognize the importance of managing stress. Um, so that number one, if it's starting to, you know, rise too much, then I do ensure that I'm keeping an eye on that. And that really taught me a lot that year. Excuse me, of cancer, so that it's never worth it's never worth um, burning out or, or getting yourself sick. So mm. no, and it, it and it's amazing when you do get sick how easy it is to move everything out the way and say I've got to focus on this. And you think yeah. why has it taken this in order yes. for me to do it? So yeah, yeah. really interesting um, insight. So what about weekends? I mean, are you keeping weekends pretty much for family or? Um, yeah, I mean, through. as much as possible, a little bit of work here and there, but I am trying to control myself. <laughs> um, so, you know, getting out, I mean, we're still in <laughs> lockdown, still in lockdown. So I do a lot of back-to-back walks with friends um, and then I get out with the family. And so, no, I definitely nice. take time out. So it's very important. I mean, but I think that the head's always spinning. So it doesn't, the, the business never leaves me. Um, yeah, but I find, of course. Yeah, but I find also just podcasts, um, going for walks and listening to amazing podcasts like yours um, are a great way to to spend the time. So <laughs> you're you. still learning and growing, but um, but having a good work, work walk at the same time. Um, and it honestly doesn't really feel like work. It's 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 quite. I feel very privileged to be on this adventure, actually. So um, you know, I think I'm making the most of it. Mm. That's fantastic. And how big is your team? I didn't even ask you how, how much have you grown now with the business? Yeah, so we've got 22 in the how-to business now, which is, uh, you know, I think we only had seven wow. or eight uh, last, like not that long ago. So, and then we've got about 15 in Savvy. So that's Savvy's um, continued to to really thrive, which is brilliant. Uh, and we've got a got a general manager, great it general is. manager running that business. So yeah, it's it's really exciting. Great. So there's a lot of us now. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Well, you are such an inspirational woman. I oh, God, I'm absolutely loving your story. Thank um, you. Okay. The last question. Well, there's another couple of questions that are very lighthearted. Okay. The first one is. Um, and a journalist suggested I ask this, and I love the answers. You might have heard it on the podcast anyway, but is there a quirky fact that most people don't know about you that you'd be up for sharing? Uh, look, 
It's it may, a few people know, but I do a lot of singing of a cappella. So I sing in a couple of a cappella groups. So one is a jazz a cappella oh. group and a um and a very quirky sort of um you know eclectic uh, other group that I sing in. So yeah, that that's I do a lot of that in my spare time. I'm really missing it this year though because we can't Zoom doesn't work. You can't. You've got too much of a lag, uh, yeah. which we we kind of we're experiencing today. When you sing, it doesn't. It just doesn't work. So I'm really looking forward to getting back with my singing singing gang. Yeah. Cool. And what's the quirky out there group you've got to tell? Tell us the names of them so we can go and watch you. Um, so one is called And Some Friends, um, which is this kind of quirky, you know, group. We, we sing a really wide range of music. It's all uh, originals. And my other one is Charisma, which is a, a wow. jazz female um, quartet. Uh, and, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just my, my joy, I have to say. Yeah. It sounds wonderful and mm. I'll definitely look out for it when we are eventually let out. Yeah. Okay, and then the last couple of questions are really nothing to do with anything else other than my obsession with my phone and apps. And I'd just like to ask, are there – I'm looking for the most useful kind of business apps that maybe we haven't heard of that you might be using. Um, and yeah. also whether you do whether you play on your phone for fun. Um, yeah, so look – in terms of a useful app, I mean, I I love reading and I have found Audible just brilliant. So, I mean, I, I'm able to now consume so much more, uh, you know, in terms of um, literature. So for me, Audible is one of my faves. Um, and then I think my other one is um, the news, really, oh, a- AFR and SMH. So I mean, I'm just yeah. thinking about the ones I use most of the time. So, so yeah, one is for my, my literature yeah. and the other one is for my news. So, yeah. Love it. And then do you play? Do you play any games on your phone or not? Uh, I don't do games, but I do use some, some good music um, apps. So, um you know, technology is really, uh, really fantastic if you sing a cappella. So there's an app called Muse Score, which basically lets you listen to your part, um, and you can you can play around with the other parts. So you can turn them up and down. Oh, wow. and so um, you know, it's a really great way to learn your music. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a breakthrough for um, you know music uh, you know consumption and well, getting yourself prepared for rehearsals. <laughs> so that's my fun app. Yeah. Don't you just – no, they sound great. And I just love the brainiacs that are out there that are, you know, that come up with these great apps. You're yeah. another one. I've got yeah. my PR one. And the fact that somebody has now pulled out your, you know, your part to be able to learn, that's brilliant. I, I did a lot of choir work and, and performing when I was younger mm. um, around singing and had singing lessons and all that kind of thing. I would have loved to have something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. It's a, it's, um, makes, it speeds well, up Lisa, the process. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's fine. Well, Lisa, you're extraordinary. I cannot wait to share this. I hope everybody is going to go and have a look at how to. Just remind them again, what's the web address and what's the best way maybe to get hold of you if they would like to have a chat with you about it? Yeah, so the it's www.howto.co and that's H-O-W-T-O-O. Co. Um, I think the best way to find yep. me is on LinkedIn. So just just look up Lisa Vincent on LinkedIn, right. or you can email me uh, Lisa at howto.co. 
and I would love to talk to you. Well, awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I have this sneaking suspicion you might be another new Canva. So we will all have to watch what you do with um, How To because it really is a brilliant, brilliant solution to a problem. And you and your partner, Jenny, are obviously doing amazing things. So huge congratulations. And I look forward to seeing where you're going to pop up next. Thank you so much, Jules. I really appreciate it. Loved being, loved our chat. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au. 